You guys, hello. Welcome to day four of the 21 Day Pelvic Health Challenge. Today, we are going to be talking about some habits we have around going to the bathroom or going to the washroom, or more specifically, common mistakes that a lot of people make that could be contributing to a pelvic floor dysfunction or could lead to an unoptimal pelvic floor function. And obviously our goal of this challenge is to optimize everything. So these are things you're going to want to know about and things you might want to address if you find yourself guilty of any of them. And I mean, when I talk about these, it's actually really fun because I'm going to go through, there's five mistakes I see a lot of people make. And when I go through these five common mistakes, everybody is always like, oh my God, like I do that. I shouldn't do that. Are you kidding me? I've been doing this like my whole life. And it's something that's going to sound so common sense. Like, of course, of course I shouldn't be doing that. But unless someone explicitly tells you, you don't actually think about it. And the truth is, why would you? And what's funny is when I was first training to become a pelvic health physiotherapist, I was down in Houston and I was in a room with 25 other physios and we were all learning about obviously how to assess the pelvic floor and, and how to treat it. So this of course came up, these behavioral contributions to pelvic floor dysfunction. And the thing that was crazy was that we were all practicing physios at this time. So we had gone to school, we had learned about the body, we had done our placements, we had done a national exam times two, we kind of had done all of this. And yet most people in that room were guilty of at least one, if not more than one or all of these mistakes. So to say that our blind, our minds were blown was a little bit of an understatement because again, it feels like it should be pretty common sense, but if you don't talk about it, how are we supposed to know? And that's why you guys, that is why we are talking about it. So again, what I mean when I'm talking about behavioral things surrounding going to the bathroom is essentially how you go to the bathroom. And if you're doing some of these habits, it can contribute to a pelvic floor dysfunction, like I said, um, such as, you know, urinary and fecal incontinence, a pelvic organ prolapse, sometimes pelvic pain, not to mention it can lead to a reduced strength or endurance of those muscles, reduced coordination of those muscles. And the list kind of goes on. So what are they? First, I want to chat about delaying going to the washroom. So I know a lot of people are guilty of this. I hear it all the time from nurses. I hear it all the time from teachers, but of course, from other people as well. And it's, you know, you get that sense, you need to go to the bathroom, but you're busy at that moment. So you're going to suppress that urge. You're going to ignore it. And then all of a sudden, who knows how long it's been. It's been hours and you still have to go and you just never went. Of course, this is going to happen once in a while and that's okay. But if you do this frequently, what happened is the bladder is actually going to stretch out in order to hold more urine. And this can cause an overstretching, of course, which can cause what's called an atonic bladder. In other words, a bladder that actually lacks tone. And this can, of course, as you imagine, affect how well you're going to be able to store and empty your urine. Um, and not to mention, the state that it's also going to have on the pelvic floor from having to kind of maintain that. So if you find yourself often delaying going to the toilet, I want you to try to make a conscious effort not to. 
right? So if you have to go, go. That said, I don't want you to rush every, you know, five minutes or anything like that. And that's something we're going to talk about a little bit later, but try not to let it go hours without going. A normal voiding schedule, so a normal amount of time between having to go to the washroom to, to void or to pee is around every two to four hours. So if you're going every six to eight, that's something that we want to look at and I want you to, to work on changing. And actually, speaking of the normal voiding schedule of two to four hours, uh, it's funny, I don't actually know. This is one of those fun little, you know, tidbits of information that I don't truly know if it's true or if somebody made up and it just kind of fit. But someone told me once, and I think it's very cool, uh, that the reason they made video videos, videos, I feel like I'm in the ancient times, um, the reason they made movies and films around that two hour mark was that so people could watch a full movie without having to get up and go to the washroom and miss what was happening in the movie. So don't know if it's really the case or really true. I'm sure there's a whole lot more to the length of movies, but I thought that was a fun little tidbit of information. Okay, so guys, don't delay going to the bathroom too long. The second mistake we often see people doing that can contribute to a poor pelvic health is hovering over the toilet when you're in a public place or when you're not. Um, in other words, not sitting your butt down on the toilet seat. And I know a lot of times if this is a public restroom that you're using, a lot of people will hover over the seat because you know, you want to avoid the germs. You don't want to sit on that toilet seat and catch whatever might be on it. But the truth is when you're going to the washroom, your pelvic floor should be relaxed. And if you are hovering, then you're not allowing any of that relaxation or adequate relaxation of these muscles to occur. And a lot of compensations are also happening. So there's a lot of muscles that must engage to hold you up. Uh, your pelvic floor aren't fully relaxing. So that means your bladder and bowel might not fully empty. And that can lead to a host of other things more than just either a weak pelvic floor or a tense pelvic floor, depending on the person. So that could be things like urinary infections, urgency, incontinence, the list goes on. So when you sit on a toilet, please sit on the toilet. And if you are in a public place and you're unsure about it, or you don't love or trust this bathroom, then I always say throw lots of toilet paper, TP on that toilet before it's sitting down. But if you can, if you're someone that um, really hates sitting on the toilet, just try to use seat covers or whatever you can, because it is going to make a difference for your pelvic health, okay? So no hovering on the toilet, sit your butt down. The other one that's a big one that I see is when women will bear down to either initiate or to complete the stream of urine or when they're having a bowel movement. So what I mean by this is they push. They push when they pee or they push when they're having a bowel movement. And I mean, this one's pretty simple now that I'm saying it, you're probably like, oh, that's probably not good for my pelvic floor. But by pushing or bearing down, you're essentially pushing down on the pelvic floor. And this can cause a stretch and strain on those muscles and it can further weaken them if they are already weakened or create some weakness or strain if they're not. My favorite saying that I tell to everybody is they call it a restroom for a reason. So take your time. This is not a sprint and try not to bear down. 
Okay. And if you're someone that deals with a lot of constipation, then that's something we can chat about. And there's effective strategies out there that you can implement that can help deal with that constipation. So you're not constantly pushing when you're going to the washroom. So remember, they call it a restroom for a reason. And I know so many people come back to me after I talk about this and they're like, oh my God, Cass, you're so right. I push when I pee and I have no idea what it is. I don't know if I'm trying to like hurry up and get to my kids or, or X, Y, Z, but it's become such a habit that it's actually pretty hard to break. So it might be something that you have to work on and not something that can just, you know, change on a dime. So my next point, number four, or the next common mistake we see people make is similar to the last, but it's not allowing time for your bladder to empty. So remember what I said, they call it a restroom for a reason. So you want to give your you know, body time for your full bladder to empty, because if you're consistently not fully emptying, then you can have different dysfunctions that happen, including in infections and urgency and things that we don't want. So again, taking your time in the bathroom is really part important. And if you're struggling to fully empty without straining, then that's when you go reach out to somebody, chat with somebody, a public health expert, a physio who can help decide or help you determine why you're not able to fully empty without straining and give you some tools and tricks and tips to change that. So give yourself time to fully empty. And then the last, the last behavior I want to chat about today is one that is probably one of my favorites to talk about. And that is the just in case or the preventative P. So this is the one where we say, uh, okay, I'm going on a car ride. I'm going to be in the car for a bit. So I better go pee just in case, or I'm about to go meet my friends for a walk. So I better go pee just in case, or I'm going to go to bed. I don't have to pee, but I better go be pee just in case. Cause I don't want to wake up. Right. And so it's something that we tend to do, or a lot of people tend to do all of the time. And I know I was absolutely without question guilty of it before I learned that it wasn't a great thing to do. And so when I did, I had this big aha moment, like, wow, really? And just never had I taken the time to consider how this habit might, uh, might affect our pelvic floor and our health in general and what that really means. And essentially what the just in case peeing does is typically what should happen is your bladder should fill with urine. Then you get a sensation that you have to go, let's say around 70% full. And when you get that sensation, that's the signal to your body that you go to the bathroom, you empty, and then the process starts again. But if you're someone who's always doing the just in case pee or that preventative pee, then you're never actually reaching that point. And your body and your brain learn that at a certain point, so let's say 30%, you're often emptying your bladder. So what will happen is that signal that you have to go is going to start happening at that 30% because your body is like, oh no, this is when we go. This is, or your brain, I should say, this is when we empty our bladder. And it can get to the point where you actually will find that the muscles start to contract that control voiding. And so you might find that you have a lot of incontinence or some incontinence start to creep up if you're someone who's often doing that just in case pee. 
So really and truly, we want to train our body that our bladder can hold a lot more than just that 20% or 30% or whatever you probably do. And the big way that we do it is make sure that we're not going just in case. So this is kind of different, obviously, than that first topic we talked about or that first behavior talked about, which was delaying going to the bathroom too long and making sure you're not doing that. So basically the long and short of it, you guys, is if you have to go, go, but if you don't, don't. Now that's not to say that for certain people, for certain issues, we might fine tune that and we might play with those. But for the most part, if you have to go, go, and if you don't, don't. So those are the four behaviors around toileting that I guys I want you guys to pay attention to. So are you delaying it too long? Are you someone who's hovering over the toilet, not sitting your butt down? Do you bear down or do you have to strain when you're going to the washroom? Do you give yourself time to your, for your bladder to fully empty? And are you somebody who's guilty of the just-in-case pee? These five things are, like I said, not the easiest to always change because they become such a habit, but definitely something I want you to focus on if you have the opportunity or if you're guilty of any. So that's your homework. Nothing major tonight, guys. Just pay attention. Are you guilty of any of these things? And is there a way that you can work towards improving that? Chat with you guys tomorrow.